Um, I'm going to share some of what he talked about and just some to hopefully give us some, uh, some kind of things to hang our hats on, uh, some categories for this semester. So this is kind of how to survive, in a th- or not just survive, um, how to thrive in a pandemic. Um, let's see, back in 2005, y'all would have been six, five, seven, uh, 23. <laughs> um, 2005, Hurricane Katrina came, hit the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Um, category 5 hurricane um, decimated much of, of the, the Gulf Coast down there. Um, I just graduated from college. Uh, I'm, I'd moved to Charleston, South Carolina, got a job over there coaching and teaching. And so that back in May of 2005, right after I graduated, one of my roommates was from the coast and got married down there. And so I was in the wedding and we were down there May 2005 um, and just I hadn't been to the coast in forever. Um, and so just driving along that main highway, I can't remember, 98 maybe? I can't remember what it does, but along the coast and just seeing all these huge mansions and huge, like casinos and everything. And, and so that was May 2005. Katrina hit September 2005, and we ended up taking a, a group on a service trip down to the coast um, a few weeks after that, so early, late, late September, early October 2005. And as we got there, like pulled into town and drove by, I mean, it was just shocking to see all those massive buildings, like there was nothing there. There was debris, there was like a, a slab where the parts of the foundation were still left, um, but it was, it was gone. And so the question that, that the coast was asking, that you know, Mississippi was asking, that New Orleans was asking, was how do we rebuild? Like, how do we get back after this? Um, and I say that because something similar just happened in our lives that you know, pandemic hit, um, things drastically changed that uh, everything that was normal, that we're just, you know, we're going home for spring break and we're going to come back in a week and then see our friends again and move back into the dorm or apartment and everything's going to be fine. Um, something catastrophic happened. And the question that, that uh, we ask is, you know, how do we rebuild? And so we've got this pandemic that's going on. We've got the, uh, just all the racial injustice of uh, George Floyd, of Ahmaud Arbery, of Breonna Taylor, and like just everything that's happening. And I don't know about y'all's social media feeds, but there was just so much divisiveness and so much anger. Um, uh, and then like on top of that, in three months, like on top of all of this, in three months we're going to have one of the most divisive elections, presidential elections we've had in our country. <laughs> The most divisive since 2016, but these two are both very divisive for um, a number or one reason. Um, all while we're back at school, we're back, we're having to do Zoom calls for a class that meets 100 yards away. We're having to wear masks. Y'all look great in your masks, by the way. I don't think anybody's told you that yet, but um, I can't tell if y'all are like smiling at me or, or just. <laughs> Your eyes can say a lot, but my, my eyes aren't that good. So anyway, um, 
And so just all this weirdness of, of what this is, what's going on and what's happening right now. And so um, we're just going to look at, at four things. And again, this isn't going to be, uh, I'm not going to be talking much longer, but four things that, um, that from the Bible, like God says, you, you have to have these. Like not even just during a pandemic, during when, you know, life hits the fan, but in normal times as well, that we need these things, but we especially need them, uh, especially need them now. So um, let me pray for us. Um, let me pray, and then I'm going to read. Actually, let me, I'm going to read some of this first, and then we'll pray. Um, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Uh, With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do. in other words, live no longer as people who don't follow Jesus do. Don't, don't live that way, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from, far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Um, But that isn't what you've learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Grass withers and flowers fall, but the Word of God stands forever. Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, this is... um, this is just weird. Um, the semester is going to be kind of crazy and wild. And um, uh, Lord, it's easy to kind of throw up our hands and, and just kind of sit and wait and try to let things happen and just ride it out. Um, or to, to do like uh, these folks in this passage are doing and kind of put everything off uh, and just give up hope and live different ways. And so, Lord, I pray that um, you would be with us um, this semester and, and here tonight as we just take a quick look at uh, a couple of things that, that could be helpful that you tell us is actually really good for us. So would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so four things. Um, four things, again, quickly, that things to hang our hats on, things that can help in times like this that we need to go back to, kind of um, get back to basics. One of my favorite basketball, again, one of my favorite uh, quotes was uh, the Larry Bird quote, actually. says, you must first master the fundamentals. 
Um, you know, first master the fundamentals. These things are some, some fundamental things that we need to, in many ways, get back to. So the first one is emotional connectedness. Um, emotional connectedness. God made us to be um, relational beings. If you go back to Genesis 1, you'll see that God has made us in his image. It actually says um, that we are making man in our image. That's God talking you know, that's, that's Trinity language. That's God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit language. That God himself, like, he is a relationship. And so being made in God's image, like, means that we are made for and needing relationships. Um, that we need to be connected to God, and we need to be connected to each other. Um, that those two things, that's the first and second greatest commandment, right? That Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, that we have to be connected uh, to vertically to God, but also horizontally to each other. And that's how, um, we, how, that's how, he's made, how he's made us and how we can thrive. That's what gives us life. If you think about babies, um, if you think about babies, you know, a baby, a baby will survive if you just feed it. If you just feed it and that's all you give to it, you give it sustenance, it will survive. Like physically, it will live, but it will not thrive. It will not actually grow. Like a baby actually has to have connection. You have to like smile at it and look at it and laugh at it and pick it up and like make eye contact. And uh, that's what actually like starts to, to you know, make their brain fully form and function to where they know like hey this is i can actually trust someone i can actually trust and i can grow in this relationship in that context of connection um and god has made us that way as well you know jesus says in john 15 and he says i'm the true vine apart from me you can do nothing um, apart from connection to god we can do nothing he goes on to say in john 17 that um I pray that, that, that y'all, southern version, y'all are one as me and the Father are one. Um, we actually need each other um, badly <laughs> because in a pandemic, all that got blown to pieces. You're immediately disconnected from one another, moved away, didn't see each other, talked on the phone, FaceTime, yeah, that's great. That's a beautiful gift of technology, but we're actually made like, you know, meat, carnate, incarnational. Um, we are physical beings. We need to be with one another um, physically, but the pandemic kind of blows that to pieces. Um, so how do we do this? You know, one of the ways that we're going to try to do it this semester is community groups. You actually need to be with people and not just like working all the time and not just, you know, watching YouTube in your room all the time or um, whatever it may be, that we actually need to, to be with people, to talk with people, to laugh with people, to sit across from someone and look them in the eye, um, to, to do fun things together, that God has made us in his image. And so, like, we actually need to be creative like he is. We need to be uh, recreative. Like, we need to play. We need to have fun. We need to do things like that together. Um, that's one of the goals that um, we're going to try to do with the community groups. Uh, second thing, self-control. So emotional connection, we need to be connected to one another, but we also need to have um, boundaries. We need to have self-control. Um, you know, Paul writes to Timothy in, in 2 Timothy, he says, 
God did not give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of power and of love and of self-control. If you go back to Genesis 1, again, you are made as kings and queens to rule over creation. Like God has put that in your heart and made that uh, to be part of who you are. But first and foremost, he's, he's saying that about our lives, too. Um, that we, have to, we need structure. We need self-control. We need routines. We need rhythms um, in our lives. God made the world to thrive with rhythms and routines. You know, you think the sun goes up, the sun goes down. Um, the tide comes in, the tide goes out. Um, the seasons change. Birthdays come and go. Um, things just, it's a regular cycle. And then you get this pandemic. You get all of this disconnection and social isolation and, let's be honest, uh, emotional isolation. Yeah. saw the, uh, a, a meme of like, yeah, social distancing is great, but have you tried emotional distancing? Uh, not a good idea, but it was funny. I thought it was funny at least. Um, but the pan- pandemic comes and just throws like everything in confusion and puts everything up in the air. And we're left just thinking like, Okay, we're just going to kind of sit here and wait it out um, or wait for things to happen. But what the healthier option actually is, is to say like, hey, God has actually made me to be a, uh, a p- loving, powerful, self-controlled person. Um, and so I need to control what I can control. Um, and so as far as like, what does this practically look like? Like we need rhythms in our lives. We need self-controlled rhythms, routines, practices in our lives. You know, so what are, what are yours? Um, you, know, you, you start the day somehow each day. Um, you wake up. Maybe it's a, like wake up and sprint to your class <laughs> or sprint to your phone for a Zoom call or whatever it may be. But have, like, what does that consistency look like? Like waking up, you know, <laughs> basketball players, you don't want to be getting up to like crack a dawn. Um, for practice um, but like you know wake up get your coffee take your shower or whatever um, read the Bible pray spend some time in solitude of like not not meaning like by yourself staring at your phone and <laughs> scrolling but like um, sitting by yourself uh, with that prayer that, that uh, Samuel prays um, says, speak, Lord, I'm, I'm listening. Um, to sit in times of silence, to spend some time just in general without your phone. Um, man, these things are great, and it's such a blessing to have these during all this that we can actually like do Zoom calls and FaceTime and stuff like that and still kind of connect with each other. Um, but that doesn't mean we have to do it all the time. Like, <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's good for us to do all the time, so having some times to put that aside. Um, what about rhythms for your week? You know, you mentioned community groups. Um, the idea of a Sabbath, a biblical idea of a Sabbath, is actually a beautiful thing. It's meant to give rest. Um, what about having a Sabbath break? Then one day each week, like you actually take a break and. Um, Maybe take a break the whole day from your phone and technology. Maybe, maybe spend like time outside. Maybe um, do some things intentionally that you wouldn't other do. Maybe try and get all your homework done so you're not cramming it in on that day. Um, 
what, does, what would that look like to, to practice self-control and set up some rhythms, routines, healthy boundaries uh, in your life? Uh, third thing, confession and forgiveness. Confession and forgiveness. Um, man, we got to have a place to deal with our failures, to deal with our pain, to deal with our sin, to deal with our shame. Um, there, we need that just in general. Psalm 32, uh, King David writes, he says, my, uh, When I remained silent in my sin, my bones wasted away. That there was actual like physical repercussions for him uh, not confessing and being honest about who he is. James five sixteen, confess your sins to one another and you'll be healed. Um, we need confession. Um, we need to hear some of the most beautiful words that can ever be spoken to you. To have to to tell someone something, um, to be to honestly confess something to them and to say like, hey, I'm not running away from you. Like, that doesn't change how I think about you. I forgive you, and I love you, and even more than that, God loves you. Like, Jesus isn't running away from you because of that thing you thought, that thing you did, that thing that happened to you. Um, If you've never experienced the grace of being forgiven, man, find a trusted friend and and confess something to them and just taste that. Um, The joy of being forgiven, you know... (laughs) Shakespeare, to, to err is human, to forgive divine. Um, but it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So how does this relate to pandemic stuff? Um, again, this, this pandemic has kind of not only thrown us into like a physical health crisis, but a mental health crisis. The depression rates are up, anxiety is up. Um, just things like, things are making us go crazy and legitimately so. Um, this self-isolation, the social distancing, we weren't made for that. Um, and so it's causing a lot of these, uh, you know, lowercase, little t traumas um, in our lives. And, you know, let's be honest, like, it's not just, it, it is, it's a lot that's happened to us, but that also is, like, making us kind of go crazy. And there's, there's things we've been thinking, right, that we never thought we would think <laughs> of, like, man, my life would be so much easier if this person just got COVID and was out of it. (laughs) Um, um, You laugh because you know it's true. Uh, Just saying. Um, Or just like hoping someone fails because it'll make you look better. Um, Hoping someone else does poorly in school or job or life or whatever it may be. Or maybe it's um, just not knowing how to deal with the sadness of life, the grief of everything that's been going on, and in, and in doing that, we turn, we start acting out, and instead of dealing with the pain in the good and beautiful ways of confession and grief and sadness that God has given us, because those are tools He's given us to deal with it, we start acting out and start trying to numb that pain instead of dealing with it, and so we turn to alcohol, we turn to food, we turn to YouTube, we turn to sex, we turn to... Um, Gosh, any number of things we can turn to, you name it, um, uh, you can turn to it. And so we need to be, like, during this time, and just in general, we need to have places and people that we can go to to confess and be honest and say, like, hey, this happened to me, or I did this, or I'm struggling with these thoughts. 
Um, and know that like, hey, as we put up there each week, it's okay to not be okay. Like, it's okay to really struggle um, with maybe suicidal thoughts. It's okay to, to be depressed. It's okay to not want you, <laughs> to not know what you want to do anymore. Uh, it's okay for this to kind of throw your life plans um, all out the window. It's okay to question things. Um, it's just, like God says, like, hey, be honest about it. Um, confess it to each other. Experience the grace of forgiveness and encourage one another. And the last thing, the fourth thing, um, is to discover or find your giftedness. First um, Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I spoke like a child and acted like a child. But when I became a man, when I grew up, I put away those childish things. Um, little kids dream about being a fireman. Anybody? Doctor? Teacher? NBA player? Huh? Veterinarian. Veterinarian, okay. Um, little kids dream about, when I was little, I wanted to be a Major League Baseball player, but not so much. Um, little kids dream about doing things. Like adults grow up, and you know, maybe those dreams usually change along the way. Mine sure did. Um, uh, but like adults, like people grow up and like become those things, become veterinarians, become teachers, become nurses, become doctors. Um, we need to help each other figure out, like, this is kind of goes in line with encouraging one another. Um, having the, the love and the humility to, instead of kind of having to always, you know, it's, it's fun to, like, pick on your friends, and I get that, and I totally do that. Um, but, like, to also, like, love and be honest and encourage them. Like, man, you are really... You're just really gifted in this way. You, you see things that I don't see. You're just so you know, organized. You're honest. You're kind. You're smart. Whatever it may be. Um, but helping name those things in people's life. Encourage uh, and encourage one another. And help find those gifts. I never would have thought about. Um, I never would have thought about being a pastor. If it wasn't for working at a summer camp one summer. And some, some friends that I got to know. Some co-counselors that I got to know there said, like, hey, have you ever thought about this? Like, this, this just seems like where you uh, thrive in, in uh, ministry context and where your gifts lie. Um, we need to help each other figure those things out um, and encourage one another. And then be able to use those gifts because gifts aren't given just for us to um, hoard for ourselves. But they're, actually, they're actually best used when shared with other people. Um, I'm actually looking forward I'm hoping to do some more kind of uh, kind of spiritual gift inventory tests and things like that uh, as the semester goes along with folks and so I'm excited about doing that but that's just something else we can kind of hash out as time goes mm-hmm. on but um, you know how do I want to stand tonight and, and thinking about this and um, these kind of four categories four areas um, you know we need to think about Jesus um, we need to think about Jesus as the, as the Savior, as the great high priest who uh, Hebrews 4 says that he, is, he has been in our shoes, that he, he has endured everything we've gone through. He has sympathized with our weakness, um, and he can sympathize with us. You know, even in a pandemic, like we've lost what is normal for us. 
Um, Jesus did too. Jesus lived in heaven with his father. And he chose to come to earth um, as a uh, as a minority in every sense, as an oppressed minority in every sense um, uh, possible. Um, he left heaven where there is no pandemic, where there is no racial injustice, where you don't have to wear a mask. And he came to earth. He came from heaven to earth to make a way for us. To make a way for us by living a perfect life and dying a sacrificial death. That we could actually like leave, like have a new normal. Um, that there's a new normal that we one day, someday will attain and we'll be with him. Um, because he had his normal stripped away. Um, Jesus, Lord and Savior, he knows how you feel. He knows the frustration of it. He on the cross cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you socially, emotionally, every way distanced yourself from me? Uh, Jesus knows it. And he knows you. And he loves you so much that he gave his life up for you. Um, so that we can trust him. And we can believe him. Because he's good. Amen. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord Jesus. We thank you for who you are and what you've done. And um, <clears throat> Lord, we also confess that it can be hard at times to, to wrestle with that. Um, that you are good when we look around and see the, um, that we're all wearing these weird masks. Uh, that all this stuff is going on. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to trust that you're good. Help us to know that you love us, Jesus. Um, and help us to follow you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.